Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Hey, Perpetual Traffic listeners, this is Ralph Burns, and I wanted to invite you to the Tier 11 booth at Traffic and Conversion Summit on Wednesday, February 27th, where we're going to be doing a live recording with none other than Mr. Ryan Dice, the actual host of Traffic and Conversion Summit. So come on by the Tier 11 booth anytime at Traffic and Conversion Summit, but make sure you don't miss us on Wednesday, the 27th at 10 a.m., where we'll be doing a live broadcast from the booth answering your questions. So bring your questions, your traffic and conversion related questions to uh, Ryan to have him answer them live on the Traffic and Conversion Summit floor. So February 27th, 10 a.m. at the Tier 11 booth. That's booth P325 at TNC. Can't wait to see you there. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello, everybody. Molly Pittman here, and I would like to welcome you to episode 190 of Perpetual Traffic. I'm here today with my amazing co-host, Mr. Ralph Burns. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Molly? I'm doing awesome. So Ralph's been going through Facebook's free blueprint course. You were just telling me about it, Ralph. What is that, and what's your experience been? Well, it's a lot of courses. If you ever want to get really, really, really in the weeds about everything that we talk about here at Perpetual Traffic, definitely check it out at facebookblueprint.com. But there's a real certification that they have now, which is pretty good. And then you get an ad buyer or an ad planner sort of little badge. So the Tier 11 agency, we sort of forced all our media buyers to go through this. And I think they came out the other end sort of mangled and twisted and, you know, somewhat confused at at certain points because what Facebook tells you and teaches you and what actually happens in the real world is a little bit different, which is what we're going to be talking about today. But in the end of the day, (laughs) yeah, exactly. It made us really all understand how this whole thing works that we call the algorithm, the delivery system, Mm -hmm. the auction, as well as 
thousands of other things which you'll probably never use as an advertiser, but they're really mm. good to know. That's what I would say Great. about Facebook Blueprint. But well, cool. I'm glad I went through it. And uh, yeah. I'm glad and proud of the team for passing it. And we've got a lot of certified ad buyers in the Team 11 team, which is really cool. Nice. Yeah, it sounds like it's good to learn the tactical, just the insides of how Facebook works. Maybe not as much on the marketing side, you know, which we know is probably the most important. But yeah. I brought that up because today's episode, I know you guys are going to enjoy this because I believe that to become better advertisers on a platform like Facebook, the first step is to understand how the platform actually works, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think that we have had a culture in the marketing industry over the years of wanting to find hacks or ways to trick different platforms and systems so that we can get more of what we want. And that's just not an evergreen way to do business or marketing, in my opinion. I've always come from the place of, let's figure out how the platform works and let's use the platform in a way that they want it to be used because that's how it actually works, right? Like I know that's how we've both found success, Ralph, and it's also evergreen and you don't always feel like you're running from the cops, <laughs> Right, that's true. you know? So I think I'm feeling passionate about that right now, Ralph, but I wanted to, yeah. to throw that in as a precursor to what we're discussing today, which is how Facebook's advertising delivery system works. Yeah. And that's what Facebook calls this whole machine that is Facebook, right? And that is ads manager, that is the auction, that is the algorithm and all of these things that come together to basically judge the success of our ads, right? Does it work or is the ad a success or is it not? It's much more complicated than most people think. So Ralph, I'm excited for you to enlighten us today on how this works and, you know, something that we've called the algorithm, but I think we really should start at the concept of an auction. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think the algorithm is the underlying components. It's the artificial intelligence that powers the delivery system for the Facebook advertising platform. And the actual thing that determines whether or not your ad is shown in the newsfeed or in an Instagram story is this thing called the auction. So when we talk about the algorithm, I think we're talking about everything together, Right? It's mm -hmm. like it's a broad brush. It's like Facebook's so smart. They know everything about all their users and they know how to optimize ads for different objectives and all these other sorts of amazing things that this platform does. Great targeting abilities, all these sorts of things. That's like the platform itself, the guts, the brains that sort of power that. We refer to it a lot of times on the show as the algorithm, when in fact it's the ad auction and delivery system really is what mm. it is. And hopefully today we'll shed some light on that, because I do think that it's really important when you're using something, you don't have to know exactly how it works. It's like I throw my clothes in the washing machine. I don't really know how it all kind of works. Actually, I have my kids do it most of the time. <laughs> I don't get my wife to do it, by the way. But the point is, is that I don't really know how the thing works, but I know it comes out in the end. But I sort of know there's water and there's soap and there's some things and then there's a dry cycle and there's rinsing. Mm -hmm. It's like you don't have to know everything, but I think the more you know about a platform or a delivery system that you're using every single day, I think can help you make some really good educated decisions on how to become a more successful marketer, a more successful advertiser. And I would agree with you is that 
you know, 10, 15 years ago, I come from the SEO world and there was always like this white hat SEO, which was like moz.com way back when. And then there was black hat <laughs> SEO and there was like all these other guys. And I love those guys. And so I would yeah. kind of marry the two of them. I still think that there's black hat Facebook people out there. They're like, oh, don't do whatever Facebook tells you to do. And then there's others that say, oh, you have to do everything that Facebook tells you to do. I think there's an in-between ground there. I don't think we're black hat or white hat when it sort of looks at it that way. I think we're kind of grayish, whitish hat, which is sort of gray hat is what they used to call it in the SEO world. Like you take what Facebook tells you to do, but you apply it in a real world setting because results mm -hmm. speak louder than you know what your rep might be telling you. But still take what your rep or your partner manager tells you and apply it, test it, figure out how right. it works best. And that's what we try and educate you all here on, not only how Facebook wants you to do it, but what are the real world applications of it. And hopefully we'll explain a little bit of that today in today's show. Totally. And Ralph, I think when I was speaking to that, really what I was meaning, I see a lot of people who, for example, will go create a new campaign and they make a decision about the objective. And they're immediately thinking about how can I go around Facebook's algorithm, right? Or how can I like hack it with this type of bidding together to like force Facebook to give me these results? And so I think there's a lot of common sense that comes with a lot of this is kind of what I was saying. And with Facebook getting smarter, we don't have to do as much forcing of Facebook to get the reach and the things that we want, just because, you know, the platform's a lot more developed than it was, you know, many years ago. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the most interesting developments is what you talked about back on episode 183 and 184 is like a new tool to use called campaign budget optimization. And, and like we said in that episode, we didn't really know how to use it at first. And we've kind of figured out how to use it over time. But I think the more you use something and the more you sort of get iterative learnings of it, you refine it and get better and better at it and produce the results that you're looking for. So, you know, if you totally. have a base knowledge of how the ads platform delivers ads, I guarantee you, you're going to become a better advertiser. So uh, let's yeah, get right into agree. it. Yeah, let's do it, Ralph. So this concept of the auction that we are all participating in as advertisers, like how does that work exactly? Yeah. So I mean, taking a step back, the Facebook algorithm auction ads delivery system is what it really is. When Facebook shows ads, they're, they're trying to balance sort of two sides of this equation. They want to create value for advertisers like me and you. If we don't get any value of what we do, we're not going to continue to spend money on them. We're not going to be in business, you know, as an agency or as a consultant like you are or a teacher. You know what I mean? So you want to get some value out of it. But you also need to Facebook is, is sort of has this balance where they have to balance that as well as relevant experiences for people using all their apps and all their services, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, soon to be coming to, you know, an advertising platform near you, which is WhatsApp, as well as audience network. So that's the first thing that you kind of have to think of is that, yeah, Facebook is trying to balance those two things. But the best way they do that is when they hold an auction in order to balance both of those interests. So that's sort of where the auction comes in. So believe it or not, when you place an order for an ad, you're actually entering into a real auction unless you choose Ooh. reach and frequency, which is a whole other thing which we won't get into here, which is a different way in which you can actually bid on Facebook. It's typically for a much larger 
brands and with very large budgets, brand awareness kind of budgets. But for the most of the folks that are listening to this show here, I mean, it's really you're entering into like the Facebook auction. So it's different than a traditional auction because the winning ad isn't necessarily the ad that bids the most. Like if you've ever gone to an auction, the, the highest bidder always wins. That's not it. The ad that actually wins this auction and gets seen first in your, you know, Facebook newsfeed, for example, is the ad that creates the most what they refer to as total value. So we'll get into exactly what that is. Before we get into total value, which is very exciting, I think what's important to point out about the auction, too, is that this auction, it's not just about you showing up first in the newsfeed when someone logs into Facebook, right? Which means your ad is more likely to be shown. That also correlates to, okay, you're getting more impressions and you're getting more reach, which is a huge issue for a lot of advertisers, especially in the last year. And that is because they are lower in the auction, right? They're not able to get those impressions and the reach that they're looking for because of that. And I would also go to guess that a cost is correlated with this too. So I would assume that the higher you are in the auction, it's possible that you could have the opportunity to pay less for whatever result you're wanting. Most definitely. The ad that wins, I'm air quoting that in the auction, is the one that actually- <laughs> We need a gif of that, Ralph. Yeah, Ralph, uh, Ralph air quoting. The one who wins is the one who creates this most total value, value. but yes. they, by and large, and it's a sort of a weird thing of how this auction kind of works, they actually pay the least as a result, which is the counterintuitive yes. as to a regular auction. So for you statistician nerds out there, it's called the Vickery Groves auction is, is how Facebook's auction actually works. But getting back down to the real core here and how this can affect your Facebook ads. So when there's an opportunity to show someone an ad, advertisers do compete for this one opportunity. But the winning ad on Facebook is the one that maximizes value for you, the advertiser, as well as the person that you're advertising to. So you're always trying to balance those things. And Molly and I are going to talk about exactly how you balance those things and examples after we explain this. So the other part to this is this pacing thing that you might have heard about. So pacing gives Facebook flexibility to get you the best results for your goals, depending on what they are. So Facebook, in essence, adjusts your bid or which auctions your ad actually enters into based on how much budget you have and time left in your ad set. That's a lot. But basically, Facebook is, believe it or not, trying to get you the lowest cost result for whatever it is that your objective is. So for example, if it's conversions, they are really trying to get you the lowest cost conversion. Now, that might not be the one with the highest total value for you, but it's still, if you're bidding and you're optimizing for a purchase event in a website conversion campaign, Facebook, by and large, with very few exceptions, is trying to get you to your goal. So that's how they're trying to deliver value to the advertiser. But they're also trying to marry that with this user experience, okay? So this sort of part to the algorithm of the platform that measures how happy people are 
you know, with interacting with Facebook. You get happy users of Facebook and meaningful interactions, meaning balancing pictures of their grandkids and, you know, a funny picture of Larry the dog from Molly Pittman, <laughs> you know, with an ad for something that's relevant to where you're at in your life right now. Maybe it is an ad about marketing or Facebook or something like that. So they try to balance those factors to give value to the advertiser as well as to maintain value for you, the user, whatever the platform is, whether it's Facebook, mm -hmm. whether it's you're something that you see in the audience network, whether it's something that you see in Messenger, or whether you see it in Instagram. Does that make sense, Molly? Yeah, absolutely. And this total value, this number, I mean, FYI, guys, these are not things we can see in ad accounts, right? Just for those of you that are like going to find total value in add a column to ads manager. Unfortunately, this isn't anything we can see, right? But to understand it means that we can become better advertisers. So we've got this total value, Ralph. And you told me earlier, there are three things that make up this total value. So we understand total value pacing. Now, what are the three factors that really make up this number? I guess it's a number. Yeah. And this is, uh, there's a little bit of a black box in a couple of these because we don't really know, but basically there's a formula as to, you know, how Facebook determines which ads to show. And this formula, the end result is this total value, whatever this thing is. I don't know if it's a number or whether it's, you know, some sort of, you know. <laughs> They're animal characters, it maybe. <laughs> could be completely sort of some geometric figure or formula. I don't know exactly what it is. But in essence, the total value is three things. And we'll get into each one of these three things. First off is the advertiser bid. The second is the estimated action rate. Okay. And the third is user value. So the way that Facebook describes this, it's advertiser bid multiplied by estimated action rate plus user value equals total value. So what the hell does that actually mean? Let's we break it down. We just know they all matter. <laughs> we know that they all matter. All right, so let's break it down. So bidding first off is your bid, okay? So it's something that you control. This is one of the advertiser controls that you as an advertiser have complete control over. You can do, you know, lowest cost with no bid cap, you know, or auto bidding as we still, I still have to call it auto bidding. Sorry. Yeah, Molly. I still do too. Or you could do it's lowest okay. cost with bid cap, or you could do lowest cost bid strategy or cost target. This is either target cost bid strategy to guide your bidding. So for example, if you're trying to get a $20 CPA for, you know, a tripwire or some sort of low price product, point is, is if you can actually add in your bid at $20, you're controlling that. Now, if you put in a higher bid than $20, you will actually enter more auctions, okay? But probably the best one is the one that we use by default is lowest cost without a bid cap, which is in essence, we're putting it into the hands of Facebook. Enter me into as many auctions as you possibly can, and hopefully I'll come out on the other side with the lowest cost cost per acquisition. So right. the auto bidding feature is the one feature that we tend to default to in very few cases. Like there's some circumstances where we will do manual bidding. But the point is, is that is a, something that is a factor in the auction. If you are outbidding yourself, let's say you have a $20 you know, cost per acquisition, but you're bidding at $10 as your manual bid, you'll enter into less auctions. So therefore mm -hmm. that will affect total value. It'll affect your outcome. And it's the first component that you have to keep in mind. So by default, we keep on lowest cost. 
Molly, I don't know same. how you do it these days, but I think you're pretty much the same. Absolutely. I would say 98% of the time I'm using, you know, lowest cost auto bidding, whatever you want to call it, whatever Facebook's default is for bidding for that objective, I just use it. Unless it's a very specific scenario where I'm troubleshooting and trying to fix something. But yeah, 98% of the time using auto bidding and mainly for the reason that I always find it more sustainable, right? Yeah. So if you run a test between two types of bids, when the first three days, manual bidding might beat auto bidding. But I guarantee you, if you go back 10 days, 14 days later, your auto bidding just allows you to scale in a much better way, in my opinion. Yeah. And it allows you to enter more auctions and win more auctions, yeah, provided like, that the other two parts to this are in line. <laughs> yeah. Facebook knows how this algorithm works. We don't. I mean, we know what we're telling you today, but we don't know the very specifics. So let them do the bidding for you, <laughs> you know? And it's easier for you too. Yeah, for sure. So, awesome. so that's the first part. So we've probably just overshot that a little bit. But I mean, the point is, is that we tend to use automatic bidding no, this or is great. lowest cost with BidCap, without BidCap rather. So the next part of the auction is this estimated action rate. Okay. So what is estimated mm. action rate? Estimated action rate is a little bit of a, some of these are definitely our black box. So bidding, we can control. Estimated action rate, Mm, can't control it quite as much, but your history of your ad account, your history of your page, your history of your ad set, your campaign history, your account history, like I said before, user characteristics of who you're actually showing your ad in front of, recent activity on your mm, ad. Social also, proof. Social proof. We've also found out that the user action of Whoever is seeing your ad for ads as well as organic, like let's mm. say if you're actually showing an ad and you're entering into the auction, the person who's seeing your ad is somebody who just comments on everything, whether it's you know organic posts, she shares it all, and then she also looks at ads and shares those as well. That's also factored into the equation here. So there's a lot of factors that are a little bit beyond your control, but that does come back to make sure that your targeting is dialed in. You, you've right. had some instances of that this year with you know a certain high volume advertiser where their targeting got less and less dialed in over time and their ads actually weren't doing quite as well. It's just as important now as it ever was to make sure that your targeting is both, you know, there's yeah. a match to your message and the audience that you're targeting, but not too broad so that the algorithm has to work too hard. Yeah, I would say the action rate sounds like it's really there to ensure that relevance for the end user like we talked about, Ralph. Because for example, if they know that someone's looked at your Facebook page, they visited your website, they've watched a video, you are so much more relevant to them, right? And so not only that, but also things like social proof. I mean, things like shares, especially on ads, are so powerful because it shows Facebook, wow, this is an ad and people enjoy it so much that they're going to share it. So, you know, it's fascinating because this is really the part of the algorithm that I think protects the end user in terms of their experience with ads. Yeah, for sure. So this goes right back to your social proof. So one of the things that we mentioned as far as estimated action rates is the history of the ad. 
So a -hmm. history of sharing, a high like to share ratio, which we've talked about here on the show many times. Great social proof, you know, positive experience, less X outs and hide this ad and report this as spam. All Mm -hmm. those things, these are like the social proof aspect of it. That's one part of estimated action rates, but it's also... Mm -hmm. You know, Facebook is basing their estimates for estimated action rate on previous actions by the person that you're showing it to. So that's important too. So yeah. they're trying to match up the history of the ad with the person that is actually viewing the ad, which is sort of a weird concept to get your head around. Not just their history with you, right? Not just that your target and they visited your website before, that obviously shows relevance, but also things like you have clicked on an ad before and purchased from a Facebook ad. So you've shown Facebook that you're likely to be a purchaser. And so Facebook's not just looking at your relationship with a brand, but also your overall activity and what actions you're most likely to take. Yeah, for sure. It's fascinating. So yeah, so we get that question, I think a lot. Does my ad account, does my campaign, does my ad set matter as much as my ad? Absolutely. It all matters. And Ralph, I know this is really black box, but this is a question that I get a lot that I don't really know how to answer. But things like account history, or we say a lot like seasoning a pixel, or when we talk about the activity on your Facebook page mattering to your ads, like, do you know how that works at all? Or just that it's calculated into this? Well, I think we've seen this firsthand. We've actually done this in many cases where we'll take on a new customer account at tier 11, and then we'll create a new ad account for them as a secondary account. And if the first ad account has been performing at least well enough, probably not where the customer really wants it to be, that's the reason why they're hiring us, what we typically will find is the brand new ad accounts with no history perform a whole lot worse. Sometimes Mm -hmm. one and a half times, two times, three times as worse to such a point where, you know, because there's no ad account history, because that pixel that's on that ad account, now we can share a pixel from the first ad account too. We could also do that. But the point is, is when you're starting fresh with Facebook, it really does seem that you're starting from ground zero and you have to build up over time. So I would say this is something that they won't come right out and say, but ad account history you know, the history of your pixel, not necessarily seasoning of your pixel, but, you know, when we tend to scale up campaigns, we try to keep the same campaigns that we're getting good results, you know, Mm -hmm. after we even test, we might do a split test in a campaign, and then we might migrate it over to campaign budget optimization. So we keep that history in the campaign. And we have seen that in many cases outperform campaigns that will start from scratch that are outside of that initial test. So interesting. it, it all kind of works together. And I, I think once yeah. again, I mean, there, there's no exact, and nobody really will answer this question, but right. we're sort of taking what Facebook is telling us, applying it to what we're seeing, spending millions of dollars a month in Facebook ad spend, and trying to explain it to you as best as possible. So yeah, I would definitely say, you know, brand new ad accounts, something that's unproven with an unproven pixel is probably going to, you know, perform less than something that has mm-hmm. good account history, you know, good campaign history, 
and you know the page that is being advertised with has been reputable and posts and mm-hmm. has good response times and occasionally does a Facebook Live and all those things all factor into how well your yeah. ad does. Ralph, I had an experience last year with a new client who had never run ads before. And I started a brand new ad account, which I hadn't had to do since like I started DM's Facebook ad account, probably. And I started running ads and I was trying to do a bit more direct response, lead gen style ads, and it just wasn't working at all. And I had a hunch that it had something to do with the newness of this account because I had run ads in this market before I was confident in the offer. And so I had them run ads to content for about six months. Like they spent about five grand a month just boosting posts even from the page, Mm -hmm. running ads to some videos, running ads to some content. And then in January, I went back in, set up almost the identical ads, and it performs so well. Mm. And so, you know, of course, there are always other factors in this stuff, guys. Like, I would say there are hundreds or thousands of factors that really go into the success of your traffic campaign. But I couldn't agree more with you, Ralph. I wish we knew more. But yeah, it's just good to even know that all of it matters. It's not as black and white as you're giving Facebook a dollar, you expect $2 back, right? Like this is showing how much goes into this, right? And I think the lack of understanding of this is what leads to a lot of Facebook doesn't work, right? It's just sort of a misunderstanding of the platform. So, all right, the next one, what is number three? So we've got bidding, We've got estimated action rate. <laughs> no, it's actually a mathematical formula. I don't know why it's bidding multiplied by estimated action rates plus user value, which we're going to talk about here. I'm not sure exactly why that is because there is a numerical formula that that we can't really get to. No one will really right. tell us that, but we do know all these factors <laughs> if actually. If we knew the numbers, we, control, we right? could work it backwards, but yeah. we, we don't. <laughs> so this is the algorithm in essence. You know, The platform is confusing. So, yeah. you know, but we don't have to know every little thing to be good advertisers here. So bidding is the first one, multiplied yep. by estimated action rate, Okay, which we yep. just described in fairly long detail. Plus this other thing called user value. What is user value? So take a step back. Just remember what Facebook is trying to do, you know, when they deliver ads. They're trying to optimize the user experience for people by matching them with the ads that are the most relevant to them. Mm -hmm. So if we can understand that, we can understand what user value is. So for example, ads with higher user value get more delivery and lower costs. Facebook will come right out and tell you that. Ads that have lower user value get less delivery and higher costs, stands to reason, right? It's not necessarily the ad that outbids everybody that wins, it's these other factors. So user value, like for example, what is actually user value? What we found is that, and I think we talked about this way back in episode 144, is that we went to an algorithm meeting in New York and met with one of the guys who talks pretty extensive knowledge about the Facebook algorithm, auction, delivery system, and all the things that we're talking about here. And this was the first time we had ever heard that they actually have what's referred to as an ad quality panel, which is a third-party company that actually samples FB users based upon ads that they've seen. 
So these people actually either, you might even see them in your newsfeed every now and then. I actually saw mm-hmm. one the other day. It was a response mm-hmm. to like a survey of yeah. an ad that I had supposedly seen. I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah, same thing, Ralph. Like the ad customer feedback score that Facebook rolled out that we've talked about here, where they're surveying people after they purchase from someone's yeah. Facebook ad, right? So it's not just surveying about the ad. They're also surveying, hey, what was the product quality like? What was the shipping speed, customer service? Like this is a score out of five that Facebook is using to score us as advertisers. Yeah, absolutely. And you might see these in your newsfeed too. Brand awareness campaigns are predicated upon estimated recall. So recall mm-hmm. of your ad two days after you see it. So you might actually see a survey in your newsfeed today or tomorrow about an ad you probably saw two days ago that you may or may not remember. So that's a whole objective that's about brand awareness. So they are not averse to asking users, what do you think of ads? And don't be surprised when you see it. It might be it could be the things that we're talking about here on the show. It could be something completely different that they're beta testing. And I once heard this is a non sequitur, but I once heard that Zuckerberg says at any given point in time on the Facebook platform, there's 10,000 different versions of Facebook being beta tested throughout the 2 billion active users per day. Mm-hmm. So you might see some weird stuff in your Facebook newsfeed that you might never see ever again. It's because they're constantly testing this stuff and figuring out what's what's working, what's not. So, but be that as it may, user value is actually is a big part to how your ads are actually delivered. And that ad quality p- panel, that third party company, there's people that are actually there to say, oh, I like ad A versus ad B. And hopefully your ad is the one that they like. So, and then that gives them signals to affect this user value part of the delivery system. The second part to this is something that we discovered this about two or three years ago uh, with one of our ad accounts is the post-click experience. So post-click experience, what's that? Obviously, after somebody clicks one of your ads, what happens? Are they going to a landing page that's congruent or a website page or wherever you're actually sending your traffic to? Is it relevant to the ad experience? Is it something where they'll click and immediately back click? Maybe there's a pop-up that shows up. Maybe there's ads that are all over and they have to click out of those. Maybe there, you know, there's scarce content that's on the page. If all those things happen, people have a tendency to back click really quickly. And that will negatively impact your user value. So think of it Mm -hmm. as bounce rate. For any of you who have any experience with Google AdWords, this was a big deal going back 10 years ago that if somebody clicked on your ad and immediately back clicked, that would be a bounce rate. In essence, what? Within a few seconds, I believe it is, is bounce rate. But anyway, somebody who bounces off your page almost immediately. This could also be affected by site speed. This is a huge issue we see all the time with customers who come to Tier 11 is that they have site speed pages that load 10, 20, sometimes there was one that was 30 seconds. Yeah, like super slow site speed. People are backlicking in a second on those. I think, you know, there's statistics that show how a slow page can adversely affect conversion rates. So in fact, Amazon did a study that stated that for every one second load time over three seconds, it causes a 10% drop in conversion rate. So let me say that again. For every one second, your load time is over three seconds. Three seconds or less is typically considered a pretty good load time. You know, not bad. You want to get as fast as possible. 
causes a 10% drop in conversion rate. So if you do the math backwards, if you have a landing page that loads in 10 seconds, you're probably getting a 70% drop in conversion rates just based upon that statistic. Now, whether that's just Amazon, whether that's your site, it all depends. But the point is a slow page speed has a really bad effect on this user value component of the delivery system. So, you know, the best thing to do is to, you know, just do a site speed check on Google, run your pages through it, make sure that you've got compressed images, make sure there's not too much clutter on the page. If you need to hire a dev or a designer to clean things up, but it really does have a big impact on the effectiveness of your ads. Totally. I think just looking at this from a bird's eye view, Ralph, what's cool and you know what you and I have been saying, especially in the last year, is that I think the Cambridge Analytica moment was a huge turning point for Facebook. And not that this algorithm didn't exist in this form before then, but what I actually like seeing, even though I'm a marketer, is that really two thirds of this whole algorithm or delivery system, whatever you want to call it, is about the end user, right? Whether it's about their experience with you or another brand or your social proof or, you know, whether you ship your product, you know, in the amount of time you should. Facebook's looking at as much as they can, right? They're gathering as much data and they're implementing new ways of measuring this user experience, I think would be the best way to to put it, right? And so this just further affirms for me, like it's so awesome to understand how it works, but it just goes to show you that you absolutely cannot think of or use Facebook like a day trading platform. You know, this isn't you put in a dollar and you're guaranteed to get $2 back. This is about the humans on the other side of the screen. This is a social network. You know, this is a social platform. And the more that you play into that, the, the most important thing is you have something that people want, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot of people say Facebook ads don't work. And then I see that their offer isn't something that people want, or they're putting it in front of the wrong people, not to mention, you know, copy or creative that drives engagement. But not to go too big picture here, Ralph, I just wanted to sort of share that because I think it's just further proving, you know, the more you dive into how it works, which just further proving that, again, this is all about the consumers we're actually marketing to. Yeah, for sure. And a way to look at this, and this is not a leading indicator, it's a lagging indicator, just keep this in mind, is for user value. That is like, if you want to say, all right, how do I increase my user value for my ads? Like, what do I go? Where, what do I do? Well, relevant score is a lagging indicator, meaning it's not part mm-hmm. of the algorithm. It's not part of the auction. It's not part of the bidding system or anything like that. It's basically reporting back to you feedback through a lot of different ways. A lot of the things that we had talked about here is how your ad is actually doing. So the higher your ad's relevance score, the better it's considered to be performing, all things being equal. I have seen yes. lower relevance scores, threes, fours, fives, do really well and hit CPA KPIs for our customers. You know, I want a $10 lead or whatever it is, and they've got a three relevant score and they're getting a $10 lead. So does that mean that if we had a relevant score of eight or nine, we could get that down to a five or six? That's what we're always hoping for and what we're aiming for at tier 11. And you should too, as an advertiser. But the point is, is that 
that does give you an indication of what this user value is. And I believe out of the three parts to like this, how the auction works, this is the one that you probably have the most impact on because mm -hmm. you can continuously test different hooks, different ad copy, different offers, mm -hmm. all the things that you were just talking about to make sure that that user value part of the entire delivery system is as good as it possibly can be. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that all of this algorithm stuff is more science or it's really like engineering, you know, and totally. the ways that you fix this, if you're having a problem or you get better is you get better at marketing, right? And marketing in a way that users are responding to today in 2019, you know? So I always go back to really the five elements of your offer, you know, it's gotta be something people want. Your targeting's gotta be relevant to your audience. Your copy and your creative, of course, have to resonate. And not just in a you directly telling them to go do something, you know, like you want to use ads now that generate that social proof that feel native. And then the fifth is AdSense, like we talked about in the user experience. What happens after the click? If you're always focusing on bettering those five areas and then staying up to keeping your knowledge up and staying in tune with what's going on with Facebook's changes more from the engineering side, you will always succeed on this platform. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, when all is said and done, you want to have the greatest total value for your ad, which, you know, comes from your all these things that you can potentially impact all the way from bidding, making sure that you're entering as many auctions as you possibly can with the lowest cost bid, which is the default for us, you know, the affecting estimated action rates by some of the things that we had discussed about like page history, other factors such as ad set campaign account history, you know, a lot of things that are a little bit out of your control, like the user characteristics of your audience. And then you match that in with this user value component, which is making sure that your ads are really high quality using relevant score as an indicator as to whether or not you should be testing new and different creatives, videos, images, mm. ad copy, headlines, things that really resonate with your audience and making sure that that post-click experience is as good as it possibly can be. Actually click on your ads and go through the whole thing and opt in and buy and do test purchases and figure out where is my message in my, my advertising misaligned, you know, after they actually come off Facebook and come onto my site? All these things really do factor in. And, and I think if you understand how it works, there is a science behind it. It's not like they just threw all this stuff in a blender and just mixed it up and said, oh, here you go, guys. There's a lot of intelligence <laughs> that's behind it. And hopefully today we've, you know, at least enlightened you to, to understand it a little bit deeper so that you can become a better marketer. And I would definitely recommend, you know, if you haven't done it already, is to go through Facebook Blueprint. Yes, it is long. Yes, it is not easy to get through. But I think you'll come out of it on the other side, a better marketer and a better advertiser and somebody that can really leverage this platform for the long haul. Bam. There you go. We appreciate you guys listening as always. I mean, I can't imagine uh, more important information for Facebook advertisers. So share this with your friends, please. Uh, it, it helps us. And uh, watch this a few times to make sure you truly understand how this works. And we'll see you guys next week. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 
For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply. That's tier11.com forward slash apply. And we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.